This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Listening to Thoughts and Theories on ORFM, where I'll delve deeper into the meanings and messages of films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Asha Ama Asri, and let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Theories. How is everyone doing? I hope everyone is feeling okay uh, this summer. Uh, the day I'm recording this, it's so so hot and i am sweating so much and uh it's been it's been a long summer for me personally um i've been not that anyone asked but i'm gonna update you guys anyway uh i've been up to quite a few things i went to roxborough to um work for a little bit summer job do some cherry picking and things like that which was actually pretty cool pretty informing um and it was a really nice break i think from school and now that i'm done with that Oh my god, I'm so glad I have just, like, the summer off, um, and just continuing on with life, I guess. I've got uni to worry about, but that's, that's another issue for another day. So, I'm going to procrastinate more on preparing myself mentally for uni to start by doing this (laughs) and talking to you guys. Um, but yeah, I hope your summer has been just as eventful or, um, if not even more, um, and you guys had fun or relaxed and just, like, just chill, I guess, because I know a lot of you guys, um, would be starting, uh, university or polytech, or maybe if you'll just be continuing on with work, um, and I wish you all the best of luck. I am aware that today, um, or yesterday, yesterday was the first day of polytech to start, um, so I hope you guys, um, are doing okay as well. So, on to today's topic. We are going to be talking about Harry Potter, surprisingly. Um, And I know I've promised to talk about this on the podcast at least once before. And, um, oh, there's just so much to discuss. Um, And I honestly don't know where to begin. There's there's a very big chance that half of what I'm going to say is going to sound really like just rump, like mumbling and nonsensical and all that stuff, because I can't I'm not very coherent, (laughs) Um, which I apologize for, especially since I'm really excited for this. So a weird thing about me is that, fun fact, I haven't actually watched all of the Harry Potter movies, or in fact, I haven't actually watched any of the Harry Potter films. Sorry, guilty. Um, But uh, I know a lot about it. Um, And by that, I mean, I've read enough fan fictions and fan theories, and I have enough uh, Harry Potter big fans um, to know a lot about the topic. I feel like I've practically watched the movie um, just with the amount of stuff, the the stuff that I've, like, sort of inhaled in terms of Harry Potter content. And I just thought I wanted to do this episode in honor of the Harry uh, Potter, what's it called? The Hogwarts Legacy game, the PS5 game that's come out recently. So I just thought it would be really nice just, you know, I might be really late to the trend, but you know me, I'm always late. 
So for those of you who don't know, uh, and which I doubt because Harry Potter is like, I'm pretty sure that shaped an entire generation, uh, but Harry Potter, um, written by J.K. Rowling, is a series of novels um, that later turned into really huge Hollywood films. Um, but the novel is, or the story is about this young orphan boy who is raised in sort of an abusive household by his aunt Petunia and uncle Vernon. Uh, his name's Harry Potter and he's just a normal orphan boy. And, but one day when he was 11 years old, he gets a litter, which is delivered by an owl or multiple owls, um, telling him that he's a wizard. And he has been formally invited to attend a boarding school for wizards. Um, and then it just goes on about that. And he finds out there's a prophecy about him. And he's, like, fated to kill, like, one of the darkest wizards of, like, all time after Grindelwald, which is Voldemort. Or he who must not be named. <laughs> which I think is really ironic. Because by calling him he who must not be named is that is a name, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously I don't want to go too much into it, because I'm sure everyone, or anyone who's listening to this will know, even if you haven't seen the films like me, you'll know enough about it, um, but yeah, I sort of wanted to go more into the character, character side, or like, uh, do like character analysis, address some fan theories and popular tropes for fan fictions, um, but I know, uh, I know like the popular ships for Harry Potter is, well, cause everyone ships everyone in Harry Potter. It doesn't matter about age, gender or whatever. It's just everyone ships everyone. Um, which I guess is fair enough. Some, I am guilty of reading some of these, like for example, um, like Hermione X Draco or, uh, or Hermione or literally Hermione X anyone, Hermione X Fred or, uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, I think it's Luna X Harry. Yeah, I really... It's not a very popular ship, surprisingly. But I just... Uh, I really like their dynamic together. Even though I don't know the characters from the films itself. And sometimes uh, fan fictions and fan theories deviate from the original character uh, source material, which is fair enough. But And I know a lot of people really like them together platonically. Um, but I don't know, I just, I just really like them in a romantic sense. Um, I, I don't think, I don't like, I don't think the movies did Ginny that great in the movies. Um, I've, I've just seen snippets of her, I haven't really seen that much, so I can't say that much on it, but, uh, from what I hear, a lot of people seem to agree that book Ginny is just so much better than movie Ginny, because movie Ginny sort of, uh, they sort of took a lot out of her character, apparently, um, and I'm inclined to believe that, um, because they do that for, uh, like, m movies obviously can't get everything correct, and sometimes movies gets, um, is better than the books, uh, but in this, it's, like, overwhelmingly, like, a lot of people believe this, so I'll, I'll say that I believe it, um, but yeah, uh, Luna is just such an odd oddball of a character and she's she's getting bullied and she's just so weird she says the most like off out of pocket things and she's clearly a seer but no one seems to realize it until like a lot later um and it's i don't know i don't know there's just so there's just something about her that i just really like and um the friendship that she has with harry that she forms with harry later on is just so sweet and so pure 
that it's just not polluted by anything. There's no feelings of uh, jealousy, envy, or uh, I don't know. There's just no negativity at all. Everyone's just, they're just so sweet to each other. And I, I really like that. And um, I've kind of come to appreciate that. Uh, I sort of wanted to do a deep dive. I mentioned before, I sort of want to do a little deeper dive on, like, characters and motivations and stuff like that. And the character that I wanted to focus on is Dumbledore. Um, I could go with the, you know, the golden trio, the main trio, or anyone else, McGonagall or something. But I think Dumbledore and Tom Riddle, who, for those of you who don't know, Tom Riddle is the original name, the birth name of Voldemort. Um, I think their story is very, very interesting to me. Um, Because Dumbledore, as everyone knows, is this big political figure who is just so revered and is just, like, if any young wizard is to ask for their hero, from from the light side, anyway. And from here, I'm going to go, I'm going to do quite a deep dive on the Harry Potter world and stuff, and I I won't have time, or I won't really have the ability to explain everything, so I really hope that whoever's listening knows their Harry Potter stuff, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but yeah, like anyone, I'm guessing anyone from the light side of the war, like um, they'll they will have like such idolized views on uh, Dumbledore, and I get that. Like he's just so powerful. He did defeat the last um, uh, Dark Lord, which was Grindelwald in the last war, and he's he's um, the what's it, what's it called? I'm not sure. The Mugwump, I think, from in the Wizard political thing like he which means he's got like ultimate say and he's like in charge of it i think and even like the minister of magic well to be fair and even though the minister even the minister of magic like you know adheres to him and like considers his word and stuff like that but then again the minister of magic is kind of dumb minister fudge is kind of lame so and the the government's kind of corrupt as per usual um but no it's okay but that's what i'm trying to say though like um He's just such a big holy figure that no one really wants to touch. And the fact that he teaches the youth and stuff, um, like, it just adds on to his perfect image even more. But one thing that I kind of want to consider is just how convenient that is. Like, obviously, he's a really powerful, OP, good guy, right? But if you consider it for a second, like, he saved the wizarding world, yes, but what if he was actually a bad dude? He, I'm not saying he is, but if we consider, if we consider that he was bad, right? If he did turn out evil, he would be the most unstoppable Dark Lord ever, because he has everything. He has the, um, he has the ear of the minister. Uh, he has his own um, vigilante group. The what's it called? The Phoenix something, something Phoenix, um, but he's got his own vigilante group who listens to his word and his word alone, uh, and he is the headmaster of the, of the, like, biggest wizarding school in Britain, or the only wizarding school in Britain, Hogwarts, and he is also the big mugwump, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, because it just sounds like a made-up word to me, because it is, but, uh, but he's, like, the big officer guy in like government court meetings or whatever and in that and that's like applies internationally as well so can you just imagine that he's got so so much power he can influence the youth 
which he can ultimately brainwash into becoming his little soldiers um, for the next generation. And he's got he's got the government wrapped around his fingers, and he's got a say in the um, who goes to Azkaban and who doesn't. If he was a ba- and also he has. He has ultimately got um, his hand on the Elder Wand, which, for those of you who don't know, is one of the Deathly Hallows and is the strongest wand ever created. Isn't that just so terrifying to think about as, like, Dumbledore is, like, a villain? Because I would totally believe it. Him as a villain is just so good, so overpowered, like... Uh, it would take so much, so long for people to get out of his propaganda. And once they get out of this propaganda, you will be the only one, the outlier, who will think that he's a bad guy and everyone's going to make you think that you're crazy. And how are you, a normal person, a normal wizard or witch, going to like fight this big power source? How How is that going to happen, right? And let's say you are Harry Potter and you've got like the... Uh, the main character Halo, which means that everything just magically works for you. Like, it's 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 gonna take a lot. It's it's gonna take a lot of work. And um, I, I guess this and this is when the fan theories come in because there are a lot of people who believe that um, Harry, uh, like Dumbledore, uh, is actually evil and <laughs> has done this on purpose. Uh, I've read some fan fictions where they do Dumbledore fan uh, Dumbledore bashing or. Uh, or uh, evil Dumbledore, and I just think it's so interesting because interesting to read if it's um, well written, uh, and even if it's not, I think it's just so interesting to read because I just think him being evil is so plausible. And even if it wasn't, like just it's just a flip of the table. Like um, everyone's being so cautioned against and so worried about this. Th- obvious evil big bad which is Voldemort that no one even suspects that the biggest light supporter is actually secretly a power mongering person person himself you know and I just think like the way oh I'm just I'm in such awe with how some people uh create like these stories out of like already existing stories but like alternate universes how like what if harry potter wasn't an orphan like what if uh what if sirius didn't go to azkaban and he took um harry potter in so he wasn't raised up within an abusive family and he was raised in wizard upbringing so he didn't just find out about like his heritage and stuff later on and he would actually um you know, be raised up as the noble pure blood that he is, or half blood that he is. Because um, after all, the Potter name isn't just some family. The Potters were one of the noble, like the noble families out there, that, and it like goes on par with the Malfoys and the the Longbottoms and everything like that. It's it's just really cool how fans love these this series so much that they can write an entire universe that is pretty much. Alter, like just taking the base code of uh, J.K. Rowling's story and then creating their whole a whole new thing with it, and I just I'm in such awe of that. But I'll come back to that later, and to Dumbledore later because I want to talk about Tom Riddle because he is he is so cool. I think um, he is a villain that I kind of respect. Um, obviously, he turned out like insane. <laughs> and no nose and bold and ugly as hell but um 
he's like the master manipulator that I just respect. Because as a kid, and obviously he's either a sociopath or a psychopath. I'm not quite sure what which one it is. Um, but he grew up, for those of you who don't know the details of um, Voldemort's like backstory and stuff. So Voldemort's real, real name is Tom Marvolo Riddle. Which, if you kind of switch that around a bit, it can spell out I am Voldemort, which is where he got the name Voldemort from. Tom Mavolo Riddle, I am Voldemort. It's actually really cool. Um, Tom Riddle is the child of a love potion. He is sort of, kind of, he's born like, his born is uh, a little controversial, I reckon, because a lot of people didn't know if, uh, like, what would happen to a child of a love potion. Like, is it even possible to can be, like, to conceive under a love potion and things like that. So, um, uh, I'm just trying to remember. So, he is, his mother was a witch. And she came from, I don't know, I don't remember. I know he came from the Gaunt family, which is also, which is a noble family. But I don't know if it came from his mother's side or his father's side. But his mother was a witch, and she fell in love at first sight with the handsome Tom, uh, another Tom Riddle, his name is. Um, And he, and she dosed him with a love potion. And, you know, they got together, they did the thing, and they vibed. Uh, But then she was under the illusion that he actually fell in love with with her for real without the love potion, so she stopped dosing him. But after she stopped dosing him, he became terrified of her and basically kicked her out of the house, and he hated her. But she was pregnant with Tom at the time. Um, So what happened was she gave birth to Tom, left him at an orphanage, and then just let herself to wither and die. So that is his background. He is a half-blood, um, and he was brought up in a muggle orphanage, and obviously, no surprise, this muggle orphanage didn't exactly treat him well, and because of his bursts of accidental magic, which is, you know, normal at that time of age, um, no one could understand that because they were all muggles, so they treated, and at that time it was World War II, um, muggle area, so bombings would happen, Nazi stuff, and, like, with Grindelwald on the rise, it was just, it was kind of crazy, um, and, like, they would do exorcisms on him, and they would call him the demon child, and whatever, it's not exactly explicitly stated, um, but it's very, it's very apparent, like, it's sort of hinted abuse, sort of, written there, and so it's not surprised that he grew up a little crooked, though uh, there's, a, uh, there's a lot of talk about why he grew up as emotionless or as calculative as he did. Could it be that it was because he is a child of a love potion, or is it because that he is the, or it was because of his uh upbringing in this abusive orphanage. Some people say it's the orphanage, some people say it's the love potion. I say it's a bit of both. It's a little a little mix. I'm not saying that he I feel like he can't come out of like it out of this unscathed no matter what. Like the love potion thing that's got to do something to you cuz magic is like so innate, right? Like it's got to do something even if it's not that obvious. But I feel like what whatever that love potion did to Tom Riddle, um, whatever that did to his DNA or whatever, I think the orphanage only brought it out even stronger and killed off whatever good, or not good, but, like, whatever, like, a vulnerable part within him uh, left. So when 
so that obviously I'm not excusing Tom Riddle's behavior uh, what he did uh, at the orphanage is kind of psychotic and really bad but at the same time we have to consider that he hasn't always been bad he is still a kid at the end of the day and when you're brought up in such a threatening environment like that what are you going to do like you have to do what you have to do to survive and obviously with other people stealing his things and stuff even if he didn't want it himself it's still his things and him wanting to steal other people's things and just observing how other people reacted that sort of scientific detached calculative gaze that's actually bloody terrifying but um i think it's just really cool how jk rowling wrote his character um it's yeah i just it's um but I feel like people just the people disregard that he's been a, he he was a kid too much. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying he's completely blameless, but I'm saying how other people need to take into consideration that yes, indeed, he was in fact only like eight when he exhibited all this behavior. I think what he needed the most was therapy or a psychiatrist. Okay, um, because you kind of can't help that sort of thing if it's kind of if it's like an illness like if it's a mental illness or if it's like something that you're sort of born with you just need adult help but obviously with the orphanage and everything like that it's just they can't afford it and stuff which is why when Dol uh, Voldemort comes into the picture he uh, I sort of blame him for what sort of happens next um, because he introduced <sighs> Okay, I'm not saying Voldemort is a bad guy, but I do blame how Tom Riddle grew up to Dumbledore. And people idolize the man so much. Yes, he's a good man. Yes, he's super power, but that's what he, he like, he, yes, he's super powerful, but like, but at the end of the day, that's what he is, right? He's just a man. He's just a human being just as much as anybody else's, and he makes lots of mistakes. Even if he thinks he's doing it for the best of, like, mankind or just for you, he's just a guy and he makes mistakes. He, um, and that's what he did. I think he handled Tom Riddle's upbringing really wrong. And that's what caused Tom Riddle to turn out the way he did. Because when Voldemort, when, um, Dumbledore came to introduce himself to, uh, Riddle in the beginning, obviously he's telling Riddle about all this stuff. And then Tom Riddle's like really excited because this whole time he knows that he's, um, this powerful guy he doesn't know why he doesn't know what it is that makes him different to these other kids but he knows that he's different what with the accidental magic and everything it's sort of hard to ignore plus everyone else is calling him a demon he may has I me mean, he may have as well believed that he was a demon for the longest time and maybe that enabled his behavior you know uh, of making him a bad guy because if everyone else believes you're a bad guy why stop and try to pretend to be good if you're going to be punished for no matter what you do? Like, from a simplistic 8-year-old, or in this case, 11-year-old's mind, like, can you not blame him for, like, resulting to in his, like, backlash the way that he did, the way that he acted out? So, obviously, in his excitement, he's... So, he's obviously... Um, he knew he was uh, different this entire time, and then this guy comes out of nowhere and says, you're a wizard. He confirms... Tom's initial thoughts that yes he's different but not only does he now know that he's different 
He knows that he's not the only one in the world that is like this. He's not a freak. He's not some anomaly. There's a community of people that's just like him. And maybe perhaps, just perhaps, there is a place out there where he can actually belong, where he's not picked on by his peers, where he's actually just one of the others, where he can make friends, where he can make connections, or in this case, gain more power um, with other people. And so he obviously gets really excited the way an 11 year old does, except he's Tom Riddle. So he's a bit more subdued and he's more uh, sociopathic about it, but he gets excited of course, cause he's a kid um, and he can finally find a place that he can belong. And then he, he does, or he does. And he goes, he tells Vol- uh, he tells Dumbledore about all these things and he goes, Oh, I can speak to snakes. And that is where everything goes downhill. Of course, no matter how much uh, Dumbledore is a good guy, there's still prejudices that is very uh, common within the Wizarding World. Because, you know, the Wizarding World's a little bit backwards in comparison to Muggle society. And there's, like, obviously there's the pure blood, half blood, mud blood situation. And obviously there's the thing against parcel tongues. Because, uh, People say that Salazar Slytherin was a bad guy and a blood purist and a killer, right? And for those of you who don't know, Salazar Slytherin is the guy is um, the guy who founded one of the guys who founded um, uh, Hogwarts, and so one of the houses Slytherin is named after him. So obviously, Dumbledore finding out Tom Riddle is a parcel tongue, his prejudices. I'm guessing. Uh, kind of took control over there and he became really cold and he act and that is what I think motivated his next behavior where he (laughs) where he freaking burst Tom Riddle's closet into flames what come on Dumbledore Come on what the bloody hell is wrong with you yes that closet is filled with Tons of things that Tom Riddle had hurt the other children for to, you know, steal these things. Because in that wardrobe was his minuscule belongings. And obviously those are his clothes. And also half of it is just a bunch of stolen crap that he's taken from uh, the other orphans. And okay, if you want to... And this goes for any adult out there. If you want to teach a kid to not steal, that's fine. Obviously, stealing is bad, and hurting other people to steal things is obviously very clearly bad. But kind of uh, maybe try not set their wardrobe on fire. Like, I don't know what you expect an 11-year-old to react, but Dumbledore, tell me, tell me. You you really, did you really think that would go well for you? Like, you did you really think that this kid is going to be like, oh, okay, I won't steal again. I learned my lesson. I'm definitely not going to come out of this interaction filled with mental trauma and scarred from trusting you ever again. Like, what the hell was that? What the frick was going on in your mind, Dumbledore? Obviously, we know who Tom Riddle turns out to be, Voldemort and stuff like that. But just think about it as if he was just another kid for a second. He's been abused for so long in this orphanage, thinking he, uh, knowing and thinking he's different, and um, having to fight for his survival. It doesn't matter what those belongings were. It doesn't matter who those belongings used to belong to, but they're now his. He's very, possess- he's very possessive of what little he has, because that's the thing. He has so little of it. So he attaches a great 
importance to these minor little things, even if it doesn't matter to someone else. And seeing this adult telling him about a society that he is just like Riddle, obviously this kid is going to form an attachment to this adult, even no matter how short you just met him, because you now know that you are one of the same. He's a wizard too, so you're going to have a connection to that, and he's going to be a bit open to that. But then you just shut off that door, and not only did you shut that door, you burned it as well, and like locked it with iron and whatever, by burning his belongings. Because that those belongings represented his years of survival. That represented whatever lef- whatever was left that he worked towards. And you just burned it like it was nothing. And that was when Tom Riddle realized that it doesn't matter that he's a wizard. It doesn't matter that there's other people like him. He's not going to be accepted in this world either. That is what's so devastating to me. Because he has never belonged in this orphanage. That is something he has always known. And suddenly, Dumbledore comes in and this old random man comes in and just dangles this bit of hope in front of him that there is a society out there that he can belong to. That he is a part of. But then he just crushes it and gets rid of that just like that. And Tom Riddle like finds out that he doesn't belong in this society as well. That he's so freakish. He's so weird. He is such a dynamic... A, demonic child that even the wizards cannot accept him that is how i think the tom riddle took that situation and some of you can say asha it's it's a film you're you're reading too much into this and but that's what i'm doing i'm character studying and maybe it's not that maybe tom riddle is just a weirdo and he is just sociopathic since he was a kid and this didn't affect him at all which i refuse to believe and i will die on this hill um but yeah Uh, This is what Thoughts and Theories is about, though. Um, I'm literally just here to unpack these things, talk about theories, give my opinion on it. So if you don't like my opinion, leave. (laughs) Um, But no, it's okay. I think I need to cool down a little bit, not only because the weather is killing me right now, but also because I'm getting a little too hundies about my opinion. So I'll I'll let you guys uh, think about it first. And, like, just really consider... Consider my thought process. Like, do you really think a child would react positively to having their belongings destroyed like that, even as a lesson? Like, that's worse than corporal punishment, I reckon. Like, that's not that's not going to do anyone good. And that is what sets his mood, or that's what uh, starts his path as a wizard into the wizarding world. Like, it's not a good start, and things just get worse um, later, which I'll delve into right after this. They send me away to find them a fortune A chest filled with diamonds and gold The house was awake with shadows and monsters The hallways they echoed and groaned I sat alone in bed till the morning I'm crying, they're coming for me And I tried to hold these secrets inside me Colder than this home, I'm meaner than my demons. I'm bigger than these bones. No, they can't cry out. Please stop. You're scaring me. I can't hold this awful energy. Goddamn, why you should be scared of me? Who is in control? 
empty, I jumped at the slightest of sounds I couldn't stand the person inside me I turned all the mirrors around I'm bigger than my body Welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed that break to consider my words. You guys better agree with me. Um, but if you don't, that's fine. Just leave a review. Let me know if you guys disagree and why. Because I am genuinely really curious um, what you guys think about this as well. And feedback would actually be really good. And I might address it next time. Because I feel like I won't have time to address everything I want to address about Harry Potter in this. But who knows? I might be able to ramble through it. But I don't want to rush it either. Anyway, anyway. Uh, I'm getting distracted. But yeah, as I was saying before, um, so Tom Riddle's start to the Wizarding World and introduction to Voldemort, uh, as, not Voldemort, oh my god, I'm getting this, these names so confused. Um, Tom Riddle's start uh, and introduction to Dumbledore as a person obviously hasn't gone great. And uh, for context, at this time, uh, Dumbledore was not the headmaster. Uh, the headmaster was Headmaster Dibbit, Dippet, sorry. And uh, Dumbledore was, I think, the deputy deputy head, which is what McGonagall is, for those of you who don't know. Um, but yes, that is obviously his start, and that's not gonna, that did not end up great for him, and when he goes there, unlike Harry Potter, who had a trust fund, um, where he could buy his school stuff and everything, Riddle didn't have that, because the Gaunts left him nothing, like his, his family background didn't leave him anything, um, so he... I don't know how he got the stuff. I, either either Dumbledore, like, paid for it or someone else did. Or maybe there's, like, a support fund, like, a support fund for scholarship thing for Muggleborns or something. I, I honestly don't know how it works. But he somehow got the stuff, but I don't think he got any brand new ones. I'm pretty sure he got secondhand or thirdhand stuff. Um, 
But he came into the Wizarding World with a goal in mind, which is to blend in and which is to be make become the most powerful. But I don't think anyone's ever really delved deep into the question of why he wants to become the most powerful. What is it about the position of power, the to become Minister of Magic? What is it about it that's just so appealing? There's got to be some sort of reason for it, correct? I think, like, it could just be because he wants to do whatever he wants. Um, but I think he started off being so belittled at such a negative background. He wants, he wants to reach a position where no one can hurt him again, where no one can touch him, where he is invulnerable to other people's threats, whether that is verbally, mentally, or just magically. Right, He wants to be the most powerful. He wants to be on top so no one can touch him, so no one can hurt him. And obviously that stems young, that stems deep. Um, and it is, only, uh, it is only enforced when Dumbledore introduced him to the Wizarding World the way he did. And when he comes to uh, Hogwarts and, oh my god, and is, um, is, uh, what's it called? When he's sorted into Slytherin of all places. I'm not saying, I have nothing against Slytherin or anything. And prejudice, uh, the whole blood prejudice, runs deep literally everywhere you go. Especially during Grindelwald's era. Like, prejudice was so much worse back in Riddle's day than it was in Harry's day, you know? But it, I can't imagine... You ever being in... I feel like, ugh, Slytherin is the worst place to be for a half-blood or for a muggle-born, okay? If you are anything other than a pure-blood, then the Slytherin's politics is gonna eat you alive, okay? And I and as someone who is in Slytherin, because he is cunning, calculative, and sly, and he's got great ambition, which... He obviously ticks all those boxes, not at, not just because he's um, Salazar's um, like heir, but also because he's got that big dream of becoming powerful to be untouched. You know, he wants to be the. He's got a huge ambition, and he's got to be cunning and sly in order to survive. And like, as you know, as long as he did, and going into Slytherin, where pure like pure blood prejudice is just so strong as a half blood. And he didn't even know he was a half-blood. He just thought he was just a muggle-born, right? As a muggle-born, well, who he thought was a muggle-born, that must have been bloody terrifying. But because he's riddle, he can't. He doesn't process it the same way. He would just pros. He would just think, "How can I make myself not a target? Obviously, I have to be powerful. Obviously, I have to form strong connections." And straight away, he formed connections from with the Malfoy family and the Not family. There's a Braxis Malfoy who is. I think the grandfather of of Mal of um Draco either grandfather or great grandfather I'm not quite sure and there is uh uh there's the not uh, the Malfoy family the Not family um there was another family which I can't recall oh as of now I, I think the Black family he made he made really strong connections there um but it all started at school right and. I just think, I think he wanted equality. No, <laughs> that's a lie. I don't think he did in the films uh, or in the books. But in the books, um, in the fanfics, sorry, I get confused between 
fanfics and canon sometimes. And canon is what actually happened, by the way. But yeah, I, um, in the fix where some people try to make Riddle the good guy, they theorize that may, what if Riddle, during his school days, before power and the Horcrux corrupted him, maybe he was just... Maybe he just wanted equality and he was trying to recruit people for that, but then the whole cracks, you know, corrupted that and blah, 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 blah. So obviously his start to Slytherin and everything was bad with him being a Muggleborn, a very open Muggleborn, because no one recognizes the name Riddle, which obviously forces him to find out where he comes from in terms of, oh, he's the, um, he's the descendant of the Gaunt family. He goes to check on his family. Oh, crap. Realizes that they hate him. Um, and so he kills them. And that obviously worked out really well. But then again, I am telling the story, like, not great. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly doing an order. I'm just... I feel like Riddle deserves a lot of justice, I think. Voldemort, who he becomes later on, is inexcusable, and he does need to be granted the uh, Dementor's kiss, um, or something even more sadistic than that. I mean, he did kill, like, a lot of people. But Riddle, him, the human growing up, I just think he deserved a lot more. Perhaps if he went to therapy? <laughs> Perhaps if he had gotten the support from the staff, then it would have, uh, like, how he should have gotten, then it wouldn't have ended up the way it did. Because, obviously, he w <laughs> you know the whole thing where during the holidays, you can either, s uh, like, Christmas holiday or something, uh, semester break, you can either stay in the castle or you can go home obviously he's from the orphanage he nowhere in hell does he want to go home but so that's why he stays in the castle but like at the end of year ones the end of year holiday like the two-month one then people have to go home no one no exceptions is allowed to stay in the castle and i just think voldemort could <sighs> why do i keep calling dumbledore voldemort oh my god i'm so sorry but dumbledore just could have dealt with the situation better because i no way in hell did Dumbledore not know that where Riddle comes from is very abusive and just is not a right place for a child. And what about what about the other students that is under his care? No way, no way did he not know about them as well. And since it's a boarding school, you know people stay there anyway. And some people just don't. What about the orphans? Like some people just don't have places to go. Do you just kick them out, not caring that they don't have a place to go? Or that they have a place that is just not suitable for them. Like, that is terrible. That sucks. But then again, I don't expect anything good to come out of a school that puts uh, the, the Philosopher's Stone in a school, like, as uh, Dark Lord Bait, where, you know, 500 people are going there. 500 kids, sorry, goes there. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I expected from that school, but there's just... So, obviously, he's um, turned back. He requests to stay at the boarding school, but he can't. He's always turned back every time. And you know how hard it is to, like, put your pride down and to go to someone that you don't like or you don't trust because you know that they're your only hope? Um, to ask them to stay here because Hogwarts is a place that you call home. Hogwarts is a place that you're safe, where you're not called a demon child, where you're not, you know, getting exercised every five seconds. And I'm not saying exercise as in jogging, but exercise as in, like, the, like, Christian ritual thing where you try to get the demon out of the body. Exor exorcist, that thing. Yeah. Because... I'm pretty sure the orphanage did do that, or at least attempt to do that, considering how, like... 
strictly Christian the matron was, but whatever. So that that trust is broken multiple times every year Riddle is asked to be able to go home. So that makes it even worse. And this mentality is uh, kind of further put into him. And it's during his stay at the orphanage, a muggle orphanage where it's, you know, uh, vulnerable to Nazis and World War II stuff happening, like bombings and stuff. That is where Riddle's uh, fear of death stems from. And that's when he starts looking into Horcruxes. And I believe when he, as soon as he made his first Horcrux, which was an accident, by the way, but when he made his first Horcrux, that is when things started to go really, really downhill for him. When he made his first murder with Moaning Myrtle. Um, but Moaning Myrtle was established as an accident. But Dumbledore knew that Riddle killed her, but he just thought it was on purpose. Which is even worse, right? Like, you accidentally kill a girl, and that's obviously terrible. Um, and he blames it on Hagrid. Poor Hagrid. He didn't do anything, poor Hagrid. Um, but Dumbledore, like, because Riddle has no one that he could trust, no adult that he could trust, he couldn't say anything about it to anyone. And Dumbledore just immediately pinned him with this all-knowing gaze, with that twinkle in his eye and whatever. Um, and that's got to suck as a kid, knowing that this... this adult that has been suspicious of you your ever since you knew him and in the beginning there was no cause for it at all as well just because you could speak to snakes which he thought was a normal trait this old man has been suspicious of you like what the frick that sucks that's terrible and now he actually has real cause to be suspicious of you that makes you edge towards like the bad path even more right like because Dumbledore, especially with everyone looking up to him thinking that he's gonna be the one to defeat uh, like Grindelwald and he's been really busy with that and everyone is blinded by this guy's um, good perso- persona when f- for some reason, for some unfathomable reason, he hates your guts. And it's just it's just such a messy situation. Um, he killed Moaning Myrtle by accident, uh, but he just took advantage of that situation to make a Horcrux. And Horcrux is obviously really dark magic. And the reason why is because it splits your soul. And I think... Splitting your soul is obviously a really dangerous business, and I think that's what... I think... I would like to call that as clinically insane. (laughs) Um, Because you kind of don't have all your marbles. You literally gave half of your marbles away into a diary. Which, a Dark Lord with a diary, I don't know how anyone can take that seriously. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm sorry, I'm kidding, I'm sorry. Like, nothing wrong with having a diary, but it's just... Tom... (laughs) Tom Riddle owning a diary is just hilarious to me, at the age of 16. Obviously, his first first Horcrux is going to be the biggest Horcrux, because it's half of his soul, which is why in the third book, I think, you know, the one, um, or is it the second one, you know, the Heir of Slytherin book, where uh, Harry Potter um, was, like, exposed as a parcel tongue, and Ginny was possessed by the diary and stuff, and the diary managed to almost resurrect itself. I think the only reason why the diary Horcrux was able to almost resurrect itself was because it had the most consciousness. And because it had the most consciousness, it was because it had uh, it had the biggest part, the biggest slice of Riddle's soul. Because obviously, if you half a half, it's going to give a quarter. And you half it again, and again, and again, and again. Because he had seven Horcruxes by the end of Harry Potter. He's only got a seventh of his soul by the time that Voldemort was resurrected. I can sort of see why he kind of, like, became, uh, back crazy. 
Okay, I can sort of understand that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, he kind of does. He very, very much doesn't have all his marbles. He probably had half a marble by the time uh, he tried to kill Harry Potter at the end. Because honestly, there's just so many ways he could have killed Harry Potter and it would have worked out. But now he had to do it in the most dramatic, uh, showy way possible. <laughs> If he was smarter, then he would have killed Harry Potter, like, pretty much immediately. And I'm pretty sure Tom Riddle, as a kid, did not believe in divination anyway. So for him to fall into a prophecy, a self-fulfilling one at that, oh my god. Riddle, full soul Riddle, will be rolling in his grave if he found out. Which he probably found out after all, after the whole Riddle, like, um, the whole, like, veil of death thing. Like, after he died, and his whole soul was, like completed again he probably like smacked himself in the face multiple times to say you know i could have just killed him with a gun you know or hired an assassin a, hu a human assassin because no spells can actually like go against that <laughs> i don't know there's just so many ways he could have done it about it but because he didn't have any of his marbles anymore uh he got killed by a child which is so embarrassing it's hilarious um but yeah no it's okay it's okay, I guess. Which is why I blame, partly blame Dumbledore for the way Riddle turned out. It wasn't just Dumbledore's fault, but I think if Riddle just had an adult that he could talk to, an adult that was there for him, that he knew he could 100% trust, things could have gone differently. I could be wrong, but I just, yeah, no, I don't know. Riddle is just a case of too late. He could have been better, but he wasn't. If he had just been on, if he had just given the right care, then perhaps it would have turned out okay. So I sort of understand his backstory and sympathize with him a little bit more. I don't condone what he does, obviously, but as a character, I'm very interested in how he developed and how he turned out his motivations and things like that. But another tear and smear in um, Dumbledore's reputation, I just wanted to add. Can I just say, how many uh, abusive kids did he have, like, kids that have been abused with abusive pasts, sorry, um, how many kids that have been, have got that past that has gone to Hogwarts, okay? How many? And how many has he ignored? Riddle is just one example, and he's an extreme case of, like, he turned out bad, he turned out, like, being a villain and stuff like that. But what about the other characters, right? Like, and these are just main characters, too. Like, for example, uh, Severus Snape. Obviously, he didn't have a good childhood either. His, I think it was his father who treated him badly. I'm not sure too much about his backstory. I just know that he came from a poor family and um, he, was, he became really close to Lily. He had, a he had a bad childhood. He had a terrible parent to take care of him, but he was also shipped off back to... Um, his home at the at the start of every summer. Um, oh, what about what's his name? Remus Lupin. He is a werewolf, and he has to he you know gets his time of the month every month. And his house isn't exactly equipped to deal with that. Um, and the school has to like. Do you think the school should like kind of help with that? I don't know. I don't actually know Remus's like home life. I don't know if he had an abusive family or not i don't think he did i think he just lived with his mom but again this could be a situation where i'm mixing up f fan fiction and canon so yeah and of course there is harry potter harry potter very clearly abusive household and very clearly in the movies and in the books it is shown that he wants to stay over at the summer but dumbledore says no even though 
there's like a mass murderer like on the loose trying to kill him like at one point it's very much known and he still like Dumbledore still sends him home to the Dursleys like as if as if his home will protect him more than Hogwarts a magical institution oh but Harry your mother's sacrifice those blood wards or whatever no no those blood wards can't be that strong if the Dursleys can abuse him just like that, you know? So, maybe just keep him at school. Maybe. Maybe. Just just a thought. And those are just the main characters. Oh, right. What about Sirius Black? Um, he obviously was like... He obviously had a really crappy childhood, right? Um, and, like, with his mom and everything, and him going to Gryffindor, like, don't you think you should probably put him somewhere else as well? Like, at school? And also him ended up ending up going to Azkaban because why he didn't get a trial. Why is that, by the way? Oh, because, I don't know, Dumbledore, Dumbledore, you are the supreme mugwump, or whatever it's called. You are the person who is in charge of these things. How did this slip past your notice? How did Sirius Black not have a trial? And how come you didn't notice? As someone who's, who's very t- closely tied to the Potters and everything, surely... Uh, Sirius Black, like, going to prison is, like, a huge, like, uh-oh, like, kind of thing? Like, and you didn't even realize that you didn't attend the trial? How could you not know that you didn't attend the trial? Because you're the one who's supposed to be at the trial as well, okay? Sorry, I'm getting so hundies right now. And I am running out of time. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so clearly I have a lot more to talk about. Um, well, I don't know how much more to talk about. I really want to get into uh, Syria, uh, the Marauders, the Marauders background, which is um, uh, the like pot, like Potter Senior, Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, and Peter Pettigrew. I really want to get into that, um, and I want to, I want to, I want to bash Dumbledore a little bit more. I know he's a good guy, but I just like making fun of him. Um, I'm gonna bash Dumbledore a little bit more, and I want to talk about more with the. Uh, Horcruxes, um, and perhaps the game, and also J.K. Rowling herself. So I obviously don't have time to talk about all that at the moment. So perhaps I'll do a part two to this. Um, let me know if you do want a part two, if you don't. Um, but I just I really want to vent about this more. And if you guys like it, let me know. And if you don't, also let me know. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, but yeah, I think I think I might just continue with this topic or not. We'll see. Thank you all for joining me today on Thoughts and Theories. I hope you've learned something new or taken away something to think about. I hope to see you all next time. Till then, this has been Thoughts and Theories with Asha Ama Asri. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.